Coming up, Matt might not shoot football anymore. I missed the match because I was stupid. Participation was good and assignment desk get dirty in masterclass. A lot of questions and pledge cues. We love USA today. Episode 68. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line! This is you, Vocal. Shalom. This is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please go to patreon.com slash blfs, and that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash blfs, and show us how much you love us. Because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. So, news. Matt Cohen. News. Here at News, both for you and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves because we like to. What, October and November? Man, seems so long ago. Must be, huh? I can do November. Good stuff, bad stuff? Uh, I meant my limit was shooting... American football. I really, I think I might not shoot it at all next year. I'm just, I'm just done, just done with it. The why? It just, you know, it takes four hours to play a college football game now, and there's standing around, and there's too many people. Like boosters can pay their way onto the sideline, Ugh. and the TV crews and all of that, and it's just. I will go anywhere where I have a good chance at getting a great picture. Like I've driven five hours to go and get one picture and come home and if i got it i'm happy and it was worth 10 hours worth of driving but i don't know football is just it's starting to get to be a little bit ridiculous with the just the limits and restrictions and how far away you have to be and how many people can be in between like the tv crews can stand in between where the photographers are in the field and it's it's starting to get on my nerves a little bit and it's just not a great use of my time so, I don't know. I have a while to think about it because it's over now, but mm. I'm thinking about I'm thinking about not shooting it next year. Uh, on the plus side, I shot a clinic done by a world champion cowboy for... He's a steer wrestler. Steer wrestling is when you jump off of a horse and bring a steer that's running to the ground. And definitely a dangerous kind of thing. This was kind of cool because it was all ages from little kids like seven eight years old up through college age guys and older and so they had different setups for the kids than they did for the for the older guys and there were a bunch of pros there who were training them and showing them techniques and critiquing what they were doing and it was a great experience like watching these kids um, learn from these guys who've won a lot of money doing it and so I spent the day doing that because the guy who's putting it on is sponsored by a few of my clients. So I went down to get pictures for them and just, you know, had a really good time shooting and got some stuff that you can't get at rodeos because of safety and whatever. That was good. And that kind of gave me the idea to do some workshops, uh, rodeo photography workshops next year. Just, you know, the whole process of Watching him plan that and do that kind of made me think about getting access to some schools next year and taking a small number of people and kind of doing basically exactly what he was doing, just step by step. This is where you want to be. This is where you don't want to be. Um, These are things to avoid. These are things to look for. It was uh, probably the most positive experience I've had so far this year. So would you... Like, for the workshop thing, like, I'm going to start asking for people to do it, like, like in March or February? It, it's not going to start until March or April of next year, depending on the places that I can get into. And people can sign up on my website and get more info. It's mattcohenphoto.com slash workshops. I mean, it's basically just a questionnaire. I'm trying to group people into like groups. So I don't want to have people who are 
total beginners who don't have a long lens with people who have done it for a few years and have a 400 or something like that. I want to make sure that I can go over the same kind of principles with everybody there and um, not leave anybody behind. So I'm going to kind of group people into uh, experience and uh, gear and kind of go from there. So it's com slash workshops. Okay. Uh, my worst shoot was that I missed a, a game because I thought it was going to start at 8 p.m. And, it st- and instead it started at 1. It was Japan against Brazil and I was absolutely, com- I think I, I saw it somewhere that it was going to start at 8 and then my colleague pro- said that I think you probably like saw that it was going to you know, start in Japan at 8 o'clock and not locally in Belgium at that time. So I actually like missed the game my best i did like non-football stuff like so i did figure skating and i also did um bouldering and it was fun i really really enjoyed it it's just like yeah you know like i think it's the same as matt in that i'm a bit fed up with like shooting football because of the fact that I just every it's kind of same shit all the time you know and um, the World Cup is coming, and that's really great. Like, I'm looking forward to doing that. As long as I get the accreditation, that's another story. But, yeah, in general, like, I think it's just that. If you do too, things too many times, and if you kind of, like, you know, see how things are basically done, this doesn't last four hours, last two hours, but I feel it's just becoming a bit repetitive. And, you know, as much as I actually enjoy shooting it, I also want to, like, try new sports as well. Figure skating, I thought I was kind of done, and I just had an opportunity to actually shoot again. I really just try to do different things as much as possible because there's a lot going on and since there's only like a couple of skaters who are world famous and the others are really not those times that you need to like be doing something and i didn't want to just kind of like sit around and like take the same shot that i always did so i tried different things and i think some of it worked out some of them didn't but i think it if i'm going to shoot figure skating again like that has to really be my mindset from now on that i need to find out different ways of actually shooting that sport but that's it done like it's the end of the year like kind of things are winding down i got one more shoot left i'm going to go to munich to actually shoot by munich and that's about it done for the rest of the year kind of getting geared up for next year and uh it's getting very cold here in berlin which is not nice but you know that's kind of how it goes that's about it do we have administrative stuff to mean to say no we don't do it really just want to say, like, thank you, you know, for all the people who have been pledging to us in Patreon. We do appreciate it. If you have, like, any suggestions that we can, we always ask and we try to basically, you know, take in as much as possible, given basically limited uh, time and uh, just resources. And if you have, like, anything that you just kind of want to tell us about, like, how we can actually do things better for the new year, I'll be, you know, we really appreciate that. And really just, like, you know, thank you everyone for, um, listen to the podcast and to the show and everything else so we'll be back with you on the group shots that we asked you to do last time we give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening please don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one so last month or back in october we asked you to take group pictures four or more you did i like one of them there just has to be a bit more creativity involved in these group pictures i really like jim's one the rest are just it's not interesting at all and they're all like in a line kind of i've kind of anticipated that you're basically like taking all these shots like when they're all in a line and they don't have to be in a line to form a group or in a circle or, you know, like celebration. Like it just doesn't really do it. You know, you cannot have to do a lot more to actually come up with a better accomplishment, better idea than what you've come up with. Because I think they're really, some of them are just really terrible. Some of it, most of it really. But I would definitely give Jim did it right. He also chose that one guy who was actually shorter than everyone else. And he got his uh, hand uh, over his uh, heart. And no one else is actually doing that. And also sticks out. He's short that he sticks out. And you focus it on that guy. And actually pops out. And I think he's done a very, very good job on this one. But the rest, not so. Yeah. I think that these are... Like, so many of these are not during the game. And I think that the reason that these pictures can be so powerful is that you're finding them while the game is actually going on. It's really like the the minimum when, you know, when people are 
standing around lined up before a game or something like that. It's like the the easiest time because all the people are arranging themselves in the frame for you and that kind of defeats the purpose. Jim's picture is good, but it's kind of I don't know, it's like tangentially related to this. It's maybe we should have been more specific and said, you know, more of an action picture or not when the players are specifically lining themselves up in the frame. Like the reason that Jim's picture is good is that it's a pattern picture, not because it's multiple people in the picture. The pattern is there's all these tall guys and then the way the focus and the light are hitting the guy who's much shorter and the look on his face breaks the pattern. That's why that's a good picture. And this is a good picture, but it really doesn't have as much to do with the fact that there's a group of people in there because they did this, like they stood around for you. Like you didn't have to time this or, you know, be anywhere other than where they were lining up for you already. So yes, it's a good picture, but it's not really, I mean, it's, it's barely a sports picture. It's a sports picture because they're wearing uniforms. I would like to see when we do this again, people look for these things while they're going on, like a bunch of people going up for a rebound in basketball or rugby, I would imagine, presents a lot of opportunities for this, uh, American football, things like that, where in the course of a play, people are doing things and you can look for the angles between the players and the spacing and what the background is. These pictures, like when there's Simon, didn't we just, we just went over this picture in the, do we do this in the training ground? Or maybe I was just looking at it before the Simon's picture of the women in the yellow. Yeah. I mean, it's people with cut off legs. You can't, yeah, you just can't, you cannot do this. Like this, it, it bothers me, Simon, that you've been around for as long as you have and you put this picture in here. Like it, it really bothers me. Like I'm borderline offended that you know, maybe you're not learning or uh, not paying attention or something. I, I really don't know what's going on here, but like the, the feet cutting off is completely inexcusable. I just, I don't want to ever see that again. And then what else is going on here? You know, there's an ad board in the background. There's a guy walking down the stairs. I, I don't know, somebody, a camera. Is it a, I can't tell what's in the, but I mean, it's just a complete uh, total disaster all the way around you know completely not what we're looking for Mikhail's picture I think is fine it's you know again it's not really what I was looking for as a picture of guys celebrating on the bench it's cool I like how the ice is arranged in the background and the rest of the stands that's good read that is throwaway like you're just there's nothing interesting about empty grandstand some guys standing you don't even have like the consistency of the colors on the sides because of the goalies and the refs break all that up and make it look like a jumble like there's really nothing working for you in this picture other than those two lights but you need to find a way to those more interesting kevin these are throwaways no, yeah they're, this, they're this really is, bad yeah. it's like he yeah he shouldn't actually no. be taking this kind of stuff no like it's, it's this a is disaster you know those guys stretching like i don't know if you get to go to practice or something like that but that would seem to me the place to get a picture like this because then you you know might be able to shoot through an open door instead of having to shoot over the boards and there wouldn't be the visiting team in the background that is not that is not a good picture the one of the guy who just scored celebrating with his teammates is you know about as standard as you can get simon's other one of this girl in the middle like that's not a bad picture at all but it's not really you know, again, it's like we're looking for a moment when there's motion and people are creating space and you're shooting the game and you're looking for how to fit more people in the picture. These pictures were like a celebration picture, you know, yes, technically speaking. And as we explained it, yes. Okay, fine. There are a group of people. It's a group picture. But it's beside the point. There, it's going to be a group picture because they're celebrating after a game. Like you're not adding anything to that group. The group is presenting itself for you. We definitely, I, I see that we might not have explained this in exactly the right way. But the examples that we used, I think, were what we were looking for. And and this isn't um, this isn't what we're looking for. And 
And Toyin, this is not good. Please don't show us pictures like this. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. Huddle, you know, huddling up and whatever, like, you're beyond this, and you should recognize this is not anything that we should be looking at. So this isn't good. I think it's a combination of maybe us not being specific enough about what we want, but also people not looking at the pictures that we used as examples and trying to execute that way. You know, the gist of it is that you can shoot the same action all the time, but there there is a time where it's not just about the two people who are chasing after the ball or the guy who's tackling the other guy or something. It's a team sport, like show the teams working together on the field or show the teams working in opposition on the field and, you know, bench pictures. Like, I'm not saying don't do them, but they need to be special. Like, please understand that after every single goal in the national hockey, the guy who scores it and some of the other guys who are on the ice skate by the bench and everybody high fives each other. I don't take those pictures anymore. I don't need to see those pictures anymore. You can, but you don't need to send them in. We're not teaching to be mechanics here. We're teaching you to be artists. We're teaching you to look for things that other people might not necessarily find. Not uh, these people are lined up for the national anthem or these people are huddled up before a play so please understand the difference between something that you have to make and something that the teams are making themselves and you're just there pushing a button yeah but like in that respect like i really do think that jim's thing is is good because even if it was actually a thing that was like before the game starts i'm doing the national anthem thing and he's actually doing he actually swatted yeah, this is. is a good picture because it's a good picture. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm fine with the group thing with this. You know, I don't think we can actually, like, if we kind of start nitpicking that, I think it would be, I mean, there are far egregious examples of what we asked ask for this time around than Jim's picture. I'm saying that it's a good picture because it's a good picture, not because it fit necessarily into what we were doing. All right, I think we should then ask people to do it again because I think in our definition, this like, for me, this constant group picture is fine. You know, it's a group. There's a lot of people in it. You know, that's fine. I'm fine with that. So we're going to ask again. Maybe we can do it even next month and say it has to be in action. Or if it's actually like in the stands or something, if it's like, you know, if they're, you know. Let's actually do this. We're going to do something different for for this month's masterclass. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to do this because either in January or February or something, we're going to come back to this. Because I'm, I'm disappointed, really, like, because I thought it was quite easy one to do. Yeah. You know, I really, really thought it was a quite easy thing to do. And people just kind of chose like the the easiest possible it's thing. It's the minimum. It's the minimum you have to do. Like I'm, I'm going to this game and people are going to be grouped together at certain points. And so while I wouldn't maybe ordinarily shoot that, I'm going to this time and okay, I did it. But that's not, you know, the, the easy picture is never going to be the good picture. It's just not how it works. No. Yeah. Please do a better job next time. And it'll, next masterclass will not be easy either. But it's not really called a master. It's not called like, you know, sports photography 101. It's actually it's master class. So you guys should be putting a lot more effort than, than what you've actually done this one. Like, it's really, this is really, really bad. Because when I saw like we had like this many um, like replies on this specific, uh, specific thread, I thought we're going to have like, like a lot of, you know, good pictures because we thought that like this is not something tremendously difficult to have like that many people in one frame. But it obviously was. So, guys, we have to just have to keep it going, and that's it. So that concludes uh, Assignment Desk, and we'll be back with you with uh, Masterclass. If you're looking for a training ground, it's on YouTube right now. You just have to look for Big Lens Fast Shutter. You'll be able to actually find it on YouTube. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at S-A-V-E-M-E at BigLensFastShutter.com. Masterclass, we've decided that we want you to be shooting on your tummy, meaning that we want you to shoot really as low as possible. I guess it's one of those things that like, I think seeing like what we saw this time around with, you know, the whole debacle that was the group composition for assignment desk that I think you guys have to like be a bit more, you know, kind of do challenging things because you really haven't at all. Try a lot, but like, yeah, but it's like, you know, 
effort really doesn't count when you have you know when you basically show us you know pictures like these we want you to be close to the ground as low as possible it doesn't mean that we want you to shoot a wide angle photos from the ground level and nothing's in it like that's not what we want not like this where we basically you know like with the group composition thing like it's not what we want like it's not like hey i did it it has to be hey i did it look how great of a picture i took you don't have to use a wide angle lens you can use a long one if you want or whatever you want but it has to be really low to the ground like your ground level and shooting it so whatever you're gonna actually find where which sport you're gonna choose to do absolutely absolutely up to you we want something that's really incredible but low to the ground yeah yeah the thinking behind this is that there's laziness like these pictures whether you understand it right now or not laziness is kind of showing through a little bit there's just too many pictures that we were talking before this i don't see any people out shooting in the rain i don't see any people shooting in the mud i don't see anybody in the desert shooting a rally or something like that like these are all like very comfortable kind of pictures like i'm somebody told me to come and sit in this chair and shoot or I'm standing while my kid is playing or something like that. We're going to do some of these here and there of making, you know, having you realize that being uncomfortable is part of getting great pictures. This is definitely one of them. Like you're not getting low enough. So we're going to make you uncomfortable. You're going to shoot at least part of whatever you're shooting on your stomach. And it doesn't, I don't care if it's basketball or soccer or, you know, anything else that you're shooting right now, get down. I want to see, you know, part of the ground in the frame i want to see that low angle that's you know definitely below somebody's knees these are things that you have to work on that you have to chase after good pictures you have to do things that people who are just shooting it and don't care aren't doing to get better pictures because you know when when everybody knows how to use their gear when everybody's gear is more or less the same you have to differentiate yourself by being willing to do things that those people aren't willing to do so hopefully you can kind of figure out and do this we'll be expecting a lot better than what we basically shown us on this um the assignment desk we'll get back to you with the uh, listener cues and other things so just hold on it's listener cues Michael K is asking us, during the past month, I've had a couple assignments where I've been stuck on fields during periods of extremely heavy rain. I can either flee or stick around to get great mud rain images. I have think tank, blah, 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 but my camera says this, but at minimum, everything got extremely damp and showed the condensation. Do you do anything special with your equipment after exposure to monsoon conditions? I don't dry them much as soon as possible. I won't take anything off until I get everything dried, like on the surface. Then I'll start taking the lens off. And, and basically, like when I get back to the hotel room that I'm staying, I just basically lay everything out. Like take every, take everything out of the bag, just lay everything out and just let it dry and not leave it in the bag. That's what I do. Like, yeah, I for me, like I shoot in bad conditions all the time. Sometimes it's not practical to use the think tank stuff although you know you should have something at least the way that pro gear is built now it can it can definitely take it the, the it can take wet more than it can take changing in temperatures but i think that's just physics keep a towel around in the water you don't want the water just hanging out like, if your stuff is getting wet you want to keep the water off of it as much as you can whether there's a cover or not what you want to do is not have condensation getting on the inside of surfaces like so the lens or the mirror or the prism or the eyepiece or something like that so get back to where you're going and dry everything off on the outside and then take it apart and then leave it out so that everything's at the same temperature you should be out there to get the great mud and rain pictures because a lot of other people won't and those pictures will stand out those people those pictures will also communicate to people who are looking at your pictures, especially people who know that you were willing to stay out there for it, which is, I don't know, something that I would want people to think about me. Like, I'm not going to run when it starts getting rain. I'm going to stay out there and, and get those pictures. So don't worry about the gear too much. It's not, it's really not going to hurt it unless you do, you know, something dumb like 
open it up and let water run inside the body of the camera, inside the lens. Like you definitely don't want to do that, but just, you know, keep the water from pooling and dry it off as soon as you can and take it apart so that the temperatures can all equalize. Um, and just like I, w- I would always bring a towel with me just to just to make sure that there I can actually wipe things off if it does get wet and make sure your your bag doesn't get wet either. Huh? That's very important because if your bag is is uh, wet, it's really difficult for you to make, you know, get stuff that's already wet into a wet bag. It's not a very, very good thing. So talking about business a bit more, how do you approach magazines to get new clients? We already said this, no? Yeah, I mean, also this isn't a this isn't a business. This is like shooting for magazines, especially like on a freelance basis right now. If you just want to do it to get published or something like that, maybe to get assigned to go to a game that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to get to go to, that's fine. I'm not trying to discourage you from doing that, but it's not a business. Any like shooting freelance like that is is not really a business at this point. Like you just can't. Nobody, no magazine is paying, you know, for you to go shoot a game enough for for you to live on. Like, and they're not going to have enough work for you to do it full time. So it just ends up being like, it's not a business, it's a hobby. Just, you know, put your best pictures together, write an email, send it to an editor if that's what you want to do. For me, marketing to my commercial clients, I make 30 or 40 page books with either the best pictures that I have right then or targeted to the guys that they sponsor. That's something that is a little bit harder to ignore than an email, but it's also significantly more money than that. So those are the things that I do, but it's not a business and we're also not a business podcast. So we're going to try to stick to what we know, which is making great pictures and you know, that's, that's repeatable. Like it's not repeatable. Like you're not going to fall accidentally into a career shooting rodeo i don't think like my experience with business like i I don't market myself to magazines because i editorial rates don't interest me at all so yeah basically trying to sell pictures really is a bad business plan if you want to do this for for the rest of your life alan buxton is asking since you discussed d-lighting what about focus modes i tend to stick to fixed point in order to minimize the work uh, the camera has to do before focusing I shoot mid-grade bodies D750 on older lenses, so I'm leery about counting on 3D or other modes. I have a colleague who insists I'm missing the boat on focus and composition by not using 3D. As with everything else, it depends, and it really depends on the sports. Like, it really, really does. Um, I just shot figure skating recently, and I used, I tried to use 3D, and I used to, I also used auto. I kind of had, like, better results. I think it was on auto or anyway they were both actually better than shooting in um fixed point thing which is the focus you know that i move around quite a lot because i used to i'm, I'm quite I, I do actually like move around the focus point quite a lot but for a sport that there's basically no interference between you and the subject it works very very well if i used if i try to use 3d or if i used try to use auto on something like football where there's a lot of crisscrossing going on no players in the foreground it doesn't work like I've tried it, it doesn't work. I, the simple rule for me is that if there's no, if there's nothing between you and the subject, then I would actually go for 3D or auto and see which one actually you know works well. Um, it also depends on the background as well. You know, my wife is dancing next to me. That's kind of it from my end, Duff, with the the focusing thing. Yeah, I think that this is kind of a complicated question. I think the like the thinking that you're trying to. G- allow the camera to do less is you know maybe 10 years old thinking like the these cameras even a a d750 is going to be really good at autofocusing the older lenses if you're talking about you know d lenses and not g lenses the like the the screw drive instead of the silent i forget what that's called on canon but usm no usm yeah Yeah, so the the afs and usm lenses are going to focus faster than the older ones that are a screw drive that you know that's making the camera the motor and the camera body focus the lens i i don't know how much that is going to matter right now like the nikon and I'm, I'm guessing Canon's is really good too, but the, whatever is in the D5 is 
I've said this a couple of times before. It's the best thing about the camera and it's not even close. The, the autofocus stuff that they have in these cameras right now is amazing. And you should be letting, you should find a mode that works for you and then let the camera do the work. Don't, you know, don't think that a single point and you having to move that around and keep that over a subject is, you know, the best way to do it. Cause I, I, I probably think that that's not like, so rodeo is made up of seven different events and I shoot different focus modes on different events because either where the background is going to be or the, that there are multiple subjects and I don't want the camera choosing which one to focus on. But then there are ones where for bull riding, where it's just a bull and a rider, the auto works amazingly well for that. But then when there's team roping where there are two guys on horses and then also a steer running around, you know, and the camera has like five different choices of things to focus on. I definitely want more control on that. The really cool thing, I don't know if we've talked about this, but they Nikon updated the firmware so that you can focus in a horizontal or vertical line. So you can say, you know, whatever I'm shooting is going to be this far down from the top of the frame or this far up from the bottom of the frame or this much in from the right or the left. And you can just say, focus on the closest thing that's on that line, which is really amazing. Really? You can do that? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's whatever the, the new firmware is, has it. But really? yeah, it's like a, the, there's a group focus mode, which is basically a diamond of, of, um, of focus points and like a few apart. So it's maybe like, I don't know, 15 or 20, it's like 15% of the frame or something like that. And so that says if it's on any one of these focus points, then focus on that. But then they, they added, so it's that's group, and then there's group vertical line and group horizontal line. And so those are, creatively, it opens up a ton of, of possibilities because... You know, if you if you're trying to, you know, let's say you were trying to use the rule of thirds or something like that, you could just set it up to be a third of the way in or a third of the way up or down from the top or the bottom. But then it's also if if what you're shooting, like I was talking about team roping, like there's two guys on top of horses and they're always going to be the same relative height from me, but they're going to be different distances apart and closer or further away from me. And so using the horizontal line, I can make sure that their faces are in focus and that's the most important part for me so like it's these things that come with experience i i've tried 3d a few times and it just it, it doesn't work exactly how i would want it to work so i don't really use that at all but the the group mode and the the new horizontal and vertical line mode are really good and then the the auto mode if you're um like reed was saying if if there's nothing going to come in between you and what you're shooting the the auto mode has facial recognition kind of built in so it can kind of judge what's a face and what isn't a face and it's the closest thing to magic that there is in cameras right now basically the answer is it all depends so you're gonna have to like try different things and see which one actually fits the the style that you shoot in the sports that you're shooting so simon a west is asking now that you're both shooting d5s what is the maximum iso that you have found to be usable I pushed it to 16,000 without too much issue and wondered what your thoughts are. I use it at the the one above that. I think it's like 20, is it 25,600? I think is, that's the most that mm. I ever did. And I didn't have to do that. It was like shortly after I bought the cameras and was, you know, just trying to see what I could do. And it's fine. I mean, you can, if you, if you're careful and, and the light is, you know, not really old, you know, like uh, parking lot lighting or something like that, then you can, and you get the exposure, right? I think 25.6 is fine. I haven't ever even tried to go above that. It's just the places where I shoot now, it's not, it's not of any benefit. I think I've gone around definitely 6,400, 12,800, not that much. But 6400, like, I'm quite comfortable there if I have to shoot something. But, like, I try to use, like, as low as possible ISO. Um, then I can get at least thousand, thousands of a second. Like, that's kind of, like, my, you know, like, my guideline as to how... Even if the high ISOs are, obviously, like, it's much clean. They, they produce really clean files on the D5s. I still am... I just don't want to get 
just I don't want to just go as high as possible but some people actually really do that you know and also like stadium lights on modern stadiums are very very good in most cases like it's, it's improved so much now that you don't really have to worry about it you know it's so funny because just as the ISO has been making gains so have stadium lights so you know like I remember when I was shooting the the original D3 and if you're shooting somewhere where the light sucks you know you're always like at the edge of it but then you know a few years later and you're on a D5 and all of a sudden the the stadium has changed lighting or it's the team like the 49ers move from Candlestick Park to Levi Stadium and the lights at at Candlestick they weren't awful but they weren't very good either but now the Levi Stadium has all these um the LED lights and they're incredibly bright it's like brighter than daylight at night on the field there and you know you could shoot with a d200 and be fine it's you know it's really it the the lighting technology is definitely progressing faster than the iso technology is nin lay is asking how do you deal with root photographers this is the only incident i experienced so far i went to a scouted location for shots of cyclists before the cyclist came by, a fellow photographer walked to a spot that was in my photo background. So I guess he's like, you know, shooting and he's basically in front of him now. I politely requested him to move to a different spot and I told him I would be there for only one lap, usually five to ten laps per race. He wouldn't do it. What would you do in that situation? Take off the gloves? Just kidding. It happens, huh? Yeah, this isn't this isn't on him. This is on you. If you're, if this is like an open, sh- it's not like you're, you know, I, maybe if you were like the official photographer, you would have some sway or something like that. But there's always going to be something in the background. If it was a fan, you can't really ask the fan to move. I look at it like part of the scouting is figuring out mm-hmm. what can screw me here. Like, is the light going to move against me? You know, if it's like a an auto race, you might have the closest spot to the track, but it might be where the cars are turning away from you and all of a sudden that spot isn't worth anything anymore it could be that you know like in football like oh it's awesome to be on the sideline but they don't tell you that there's going to be a tv camera with three guys pulling the cable and another guy with a parabolic microphone standing right in front of you you know that's not on them that's on you to move somewhere and, and do it differently and then if you scouted and the racer races are five to ten laps or something like that then either come back and you know maybe he won't be there anymore or find a few different places like that so you can move in between them to do it i'm not saying that that guy shouldn't have moved he could have been courteous and said oh okay well if you only need it for for one lap then i'll move yeah he's a dick for not moving but it's still your responsibility to you know to manage things like that and there's always going to be something in the background and you have to adjust to that because it's not always going to be you know like i've shot things where they moved things into the frame you know like i i've I've shot yeah it was like a i shot an a car race and they moved a like i scoped out the spot it was beautiful it had palm trees in the background and plenty of blue sky and they moved a bright yellow tow truck that you know off of the track but that was in my frame there's nothing you can do about that you just have to you know, either shoot around it or move to a different place. Yeah. So how do you deal with this guy? You don't, you know, if you feel like asking him to move, that's fine. If he moves, that's fine. If he doesn't, then you need to figure something else out. But what we deal with all the time. One thing that I get quite often is that you have a lens hood and you're sitting next to a photographer when it's um, close enough, like always ask the photographer right next to me to say, Hey, you know, um, can you take off the lens hood? Nine out of ten times it's fine because I've never had a problem with it. But like one, like a couple of times that they have a problem with is that when they've got like for like some reason they have like actually like glue to the lens, and lens hood is 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 just man like it's the bane of yeah, my existence. That's you know, true. like it, I hate it, and yeah, and you have to take it off when someone asks you to take it off and just take it off. Like just, there's no questions asked. You just take it off, just because it, it you cannot. It's in your shot, you know, when you actually swing the lens wide, it's just a no-no. Anything related to, like, positioning and things like that? Yeah, I mean, like, you sit at a place and, like, that's your spot. You don't, you know, this is how you're going to do. 
if you're like shooting um like when the players come in and you have to kind of like rush to the place and you get there you don't move you don't try to get up most of the time like people are going to be quite courteous about these things like sometimes when it gets a bit heated you just have to like you know be sensible about it this is like when things are like in pro uh close proximity like if someone's like in the background of my shot like phew, what are you gonna do you know you have to find a different way to actually shoot it you know and there's only thing you can do it's not think about it think about it like this yeah are they gonna let in half as many photographers so that you know only half of the track is covered they they can't do that it's you know anywhere that's open there you have to assume that there could be people there so you can, this isn't that guy's fault like you know maybe he could have moved for for one lap but maybe he couldn't you know maybe he had it planned out as well and just because he was there first doesn't mean it just doesn't mean anything and lastly kevin is asking how do you learn new techniques or photography concepts have you purchased online photography courses if so which companies have you purchased from just shoot more dude just shoot different things shoot more be willing to risk not getting great pictures especially at things where you're not expected to get great pictures all the time who are you going to learn from you know lynda.com or something like that like this is, they're not going to have a you know how to be great at sports photography course on there like just shoot more but i think if you want to like learn about new things like i would you know definitely like look at other people's photographs i will definitely look at non-sports photography photographs i think that always helps a lot just because there's different techniques that people use on these things and that could possibly be translated to sports photography because I, because I think about those things quite a lot and see what can I do that is different from what I've actually done before. And it's like, oh, I've seen this photograph, I guess not nothing has to do with sports and it looked really cool. If Can I try that in in the sports, you know, kind of uh, environment? But like people take inspirations from different things, you know, and like Matt said, like I think even if you have a very good idea, like you have to kind of like test it out and see if it works. And that's I think that's a step two of it. But to come up with any sort of new ideas, yeah, definitely. Like I wouldn't ask you like go to USA Today and like look at all their photographs and get inspiration from them. Um, yeah, Kevin, but, who shoots for USA Today. Yeah, because it sucks. So we'll talk about it on uh, the next section. But yeah, I mean, like look at a lot of different things. And especially photographs and just, you know, see what you can actually use, like the same concept or different, uh, same techniques to the sports environment. That is it for Pledge Cues. And we're going to wrap it up with a dose of cross counter. Think we only say bad things about sports photography? You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're gonna prove you wrong with Cross Counter Yay Time to hold your fellow sports photographers' hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. We have to say thank you to the person who gave us this and it is Kevin Sosa. And like Matt said, he works for USA Today. And why his shots are not here is beyond me because he has some really cool shots this year. I've kind of like read the comments actually like by people on this thread. And Nin Lei said, didn't see any pictures that made me say, wow. Well, a number of them are training ground material. And it's true. Uh, Alvaro said 90% of pictures are just key moments of the specific events, but not really good pictures. And that's really, 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 really true. And that's a shame. And the net shot that probably Matt's going to talk about is a local photographer named Dan Hamilton. It's also one of my favorites. Matt Cohen, why you like it and how would you take a shot like this? So we'll put the link up um, on the post for this. This is picture number 15 and it is a really underexposed picture of somebody's hands in a basketball net like i guess after they how does how does this happen is this that after they dunked or something or warm up maybe oh yeah uh, or like yeah it could be a warm up. introduction or something like that you know when they oh a ceremony here 
Read the caption, jackass. Grips the mesh of the basket during a ceremony prior to the game. Uh, I don't know. I guess this is a little bit less impressive that it's not actually during the game. No, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's nice. Shot. Yeah, it doesn't like matter. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's really well done. Like the choosing to do this in the silhouette, and then having you know the blue in the background, and then the the red on the sides. It's just a really pretty picture, and it's something that like this is what you're there for to show like people who are watching the game on TV. You could watch a whole season of bath- basketball. And never see something like this on the TV coverage. You could go to games and you would never see something like this. Certainly not as close as this. So he, like, this is what we're there for. This is why, you know, we're not, like, this is why magazines don't just take stills of video to illustrate the games and websites and whoever else. Because somebody had an idea and they went out and they executed it. And they made a picture that is very interesting and very pretty. And I, I really, I know Ryu doesn't like this as much as I do, but I think this is a great picture. Huh? Which one? The one with the hands on the net. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, because I'm just kind of like not impressed with any of these pictures. They kind of, it's like just so run the mill stuff. And it's like I mean, as a collection of pictures, this is not good. And I would encourage you to go through and kind of compare the pictures that are here to the pictures that you see either in the group pool or in our contests or, um, you know, in training ground or something like that. And then just pretend that they weren't of pro athletes on the biggest stage and then say, are these pictures really any better than the people who just randomly put stuff in our group? Yeah. For the most part, there's 150 something, 60 something pictures in here. There are, legit 100 bad pictures uh-huh. in here. So the one I like is uh, because it's got the hands like on the the guy's face on the ball and it looks like it's it's weird and I seriously couldn't find anything that was that like would you see my taste on most of them like I like the the hand on the nets thing probably and then like yeah there was like that pole vault Alvaro liked and I kind of like that too but nothing very exciting at all you know so I might have to actually forfeit this whole thing for the for this group of what pictures the, the one that you were talking about is number 24 and I, I think this is a good picture too because mm. it's definitely you know like you can set up a remote every game and you can get decent action pictures sometimes this is cool because it kind of like the face the ball is where the face should be and the hands are grabbing at it and it, it you know looks like kind of like a walking dead kind of thing and I think that's pretty cool yeah I think this is a good picture yeah, I like it but it's really just underwhelming, you know. But the but the rest of this, I, I think it's really instructive to look at this because this is, you know, this is USA Today Sports Pictures of the Year. And what you see here, like, I encourage you to scroll through all of these and look at them. And this is what happens when a company completely unconcerned with the quality of the pictures is this good enough for our clients to run? Can this be in USA Today? Will other media outlets use these pictures? Yes, okay, great, let's run them. Like nobody is at USA Today pushing anybody to be a better photographer. Yeah. There are, you know, there are a handful of pictures here that Mark Rebellis has a many, probably the, you know, he's the single most, you know, he has the single most photographer photos he has the most of anybody else in in there you know his pictures are good he's somebody that pushes himself to do better but you know i know the how they're yeah but it's boring though the pictures you know that he took as well it's like you know i don't know if it's the editor's thing that actually chose this it could be huh well that's the thing like they the their editor does not care about good pictures he's a mechanic himself you know he's it's completely focused on (sighs) getting a picture, getting it out as fast as possible, being first, and the quality of photography uh, is just completely unimportant. It's an afterthought Ugh, it's so to these bad. people. So, so bad. All right, well, that wraps it up. Um, once again, thank you very much for supporting uh, us this entire 2017. Um, I have no idea if this is going to come out in 2017, um, but uh, if it doesn't, uh, well, if it does hopefully before the end of the year, um, happy whatever religion that you're from. If you celebrate end of the year stuff, have a great fun with that. 
um, happy new year and uh, hope to see you back in 2018 so thank you from the big lens fast shutter team have a great 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 december and better 2018 hopefully yes thanks And with that, we end the 68th episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Can't do this without you, uh, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, not anymore because Patreon is putting 35 cents. So it's better you spend $10 so you won't actually feel that 35% fee. Hit, please go to patreon.com slash B-L-F-S. And that is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash B-L-F-S. To recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and Patreon. More than a dollar, please. Rinse, repeat, love us more. See you next month. Okay, we're recording now. Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. so I do actually feel that the, every one of them. So save me. I'm waiting. Um, uh, like except for like, like you, like asked, like <laughs> you know, suspected. Um, uh, like um, it's and um, uh, um, um, so does. All right. So the thing is, you know, and. But, um, yeah, Patreon's okay, yeah, um, so, I mean, like, um, um, for, of course, um, um, you know, bah. uh, we will keep on going, and I think we probably, like, you know, to, uh, um, then, no, um, you know, um, 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 push the ISO, because, even you know uh, um but um um so and um far I'm gonna think of like nothing nothing like and uh yeah uh um um so it really like um and um um and uh, the all right. I'm gonna do the rest. Uh, so this is the the thing ending and uh, the other thing.